Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the program. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host, live from Las Vegas. Your other host today on a Friday, live from Denver, James Salinas. James, how's it going? It is Friday. Happy Friday <laughs> afternoon to you, my friend. How's it going out there in Las Vegas? Oh, it's going well. Um, I have to tell you about my uh, in-game betting a little bit later on in the show. Uh, I'm excited about that to, to start right there, but also excited about this. Uh, we thought it could be a rumor, but I think the rumor uh, is no longer. Um, reports have it that OU and Texas has begun form- the formal process to leave the Big 12. Uh, and apply to the SEC. So um, big news right there coming out of college football, James. I guess as far as uh, big news, good news, depends on your perspective of where you're at. If you're Texas and Oklahoma, that's good news. If you're the other teams right now in the Big 12, what does that mean for you For you as a, as a, as a program, as a, as a school, as a program, as well as as a conference? What's going to happen to that conference? Those are the two big names. At least in football it is with the, the big names there. And how does this impact? I wonder also how that impacts college hoops too. But thinking about it from a, a football standpoint, I mean, it's just, 
just to me it's business we talked about this yesterday it is big business in mm -hmm. college athletics and we know it's amateur athletics but uh, that's really in name only for so many of these schools like this at Texas and Oklahoma and schools within the Southeastern Conference I don't know are they going to have to change the name is Oklahoma considered in the Southeast I don't know names aside semantics aside right. whatever you want to call it there I think just the, it's just going to continue to stretch the haves and the have nots when it comes to college athletics. James from a betting perspective this season does it affect how you view the Big 12 like uh, I, I don't want to say or insinuate there's going to be more incentive to beat up on OU and Texas from other uh, Big 12 schools I mean there's going to be enough incentive there right now but beginning the process there's a process here they can't just immediately leave the Big 12 and go to the SEC they're going to have to go through a process so uh, anticipating this year and approaching betting the Big 12 uh, does this change in any way to you? I don't think so. I think as far as the kids are concerned, kids are just tell us who we're playing. We'll show up and we'll get after it. I think okay. for the kids that have the ability to, we talked about capitalizing on your likeness and endorsements, however the, what, you know, read the fine print of what that means for the student athletes to be able to, to indulge in that and take advantage of those opportunities. I think this accentuates that going to the mm -hmm. SEC, you know, your the brand is getting bigger there for Texas and Oklahoma. The brand is already big when it comes to the Southeastern conference for football. So, I think for those kids thinking going forward of currently who's on these teams, yeah, maybe there might be a little forward thinking for the opportunities that, that might exist out there, whether it's next year or how long. We'll see. Like you said, it's going to be a process. So uh, until that side, uh, that there's a stamp on it and we have a determined date, uh, we'll, we'll see what that looks like as far as maybe a potential distraction right. for those kids on those current teams. But I think right now, as far as the other teams in the league, there was already enough incentive to beat those two teams because it's Texas and Oklahoma. Uh -huh. You're always going to get up for those games. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, Oklahoma, in terms of winning the Big uh, 12 Conference Championship, uh, they're minus 175. Texas is plus 900. So a gap right there. But certainly Texas, I think, leading the charge. It's a package deal uh, with these two schools. You want that rivalry game, which, uh, by, by the way, that Red River rivalry game is going to be uh, extra juicy, I think, extra spicy this year, James. But uh, OU, Texas, that package deal, back, package deal uh, that's a big brand that's going to emerge and show up in the SEC someday, uh, but I think the impact could be felt immediately from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, so keeping an eye on that as we look ahead uh, to what could become a super conference out there in college football. Yeah, and from a recruiting standpoint, you tell me, Pris, you've been recruited. You were there back in the day. It was Big 8 back then, not mm -hmm. Big 12. But if you're thinking about conferences, like how much is that your exposure? And now that you can capitalize on endorsements, those types of things potentially for the student athletes, your exposure being in a big right. conference, being on national TV every single game, like that's got to factor in as to where you're going to go as a recruit, where you want to go to play football, right? Yeah, I went to the Big 8 to play for a national title, uh, knowing that if we could beat or win the Big 8 championship, we'd go to the Orange Bowl, James, and, and play for a national championship. Uh, so I, I think it's the same in the SEC. Uh, if you go to the SEC, compete within the FCC, uh, you win the SEC championship, you're going to uh, compete for a championship. So uh, I think from a recruiting uh, standpoint, a recruiting angle, it's definitely going to help out OU and Texas. Uh, now, will they be able to compete uh, year in and year out in the SEC. They're going to have to compete for the same athletes right now, and I think that's why they're making the move uh, right now. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today. James, big news out of Major League Baseball. Nelson Cruz is traded to the Rays, but 
the Rays in a separate trade traded Rich Hill to the Mets. So what's going on with the Rays here? Uh, they added a bat, which, oh, look, they, they got a potent lineup to begin with. Uh, Glass now, that injury. Uh, now Rich Hill's traded to the Mets. Thank you. Well, let's talk about the ladder there with Rich Hill. Now, he he found the fountain of youth down there in Tampa, just like uh, maybe Mr. T- maybe he borrowed something from Tom Brady down there in Tampa <laughs> to find the fountain of youth of how well he pitched to start the season, in particular in May for Rich Hill. His ERA was sitting under one in six starts, so a sensational May. But then when all the talk about the sticky stuff coming out and, mm. and enforcement of those things, uh, we've definitely seen a regression when it comes to Rich Hill, his spin rates, his duration on the mound and now over his last approximately eight starts his last eight starts his era is close to five he is not going deep into games he's only went beyond five innings once in eight starts since all that all the talk about the tacky substances coming out so i think for the rays they pretty much got everything they could have gotten out of rich hill and think about the other side for the mets uh hurting they're hurting right, at, right now Big question mark, huge question mark, obviously, about Jacob deGrom, his mm-hmm. forearm. He's had some other ailments with his arm this season so far and other pitchers that they've got on the shelf. Peterson's still on the shelf. I think they were hoping maybe Syndergaard could come back from his Tommy John surgery, give them a shot, give the, the pitching staff a shot in the arm. But Noah Syndergaard, his, he had some elbow issues going, had some soreness in his elbow and some of his rehab stints back in May. So they shut everything down. Don't know if we'll see Thor out there or not. So. So, yeah, for the Mets, really thin at the pitching at the pitching department right now. And then for the Rays, you add the bat like Nelson Cruz. And Nelson Cruz, that's I mean, you, now you're going to see it whether they – he I think for Cash, he likes, to ro- he likes to move his lineup around. I think this will give him some stability mm-hmm. in the middle of the order, whether he's going to bat cleanup or hitting the three-hole. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But for, for Cash to have some stability, because that was the one thing, you know, they they've, talk about the, the Rays and Kevin Cash's approach to, to managing games, and it's very – analytical and it's 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 the new age of baseball whether it's the way that they have their their batting order stationed and guys moving all up and down the order and I think guys would like to be in a place where they know I'm hitting in this certain spot in the order consistently and then on the pitching side too I mean with the the openers and everything that they do I think the Rays making moves and that was a big move to get a big bat like Nelson Cruz and kind of tells you on the other side for the twins that uh, all expectations are lost for what was happening with Minnesota in their division the American League. Yeah, absolutely, James. I mean, I think Tampa Bay, uh, you're going to have power uh, all throughout that entire lineup, really, now with Cruz, uh, whether he's going to be uh, a designated hitter, certainly he's going to be that, but in terms of hitting four uh, in that uh, lineup, too, Rosarina drops down to, what, six? Uh, So you get uh, power in the back end of that lineup as well. I've seen a Rosarina lead off. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the kind of thing. It's, it's. I think as a hitter, every, every, every slot in the order, they, well, it used to be anyway, Prince, that each <laughs> slot in the order kind of had a certain responsibility as, as your, far as your approach at the plate. And right. Whether you're working counts or, or trying to get on base and set the table. Now with Rosarina, I did see him. He let off a number of games. I think this helps not only bring a big power bat to the middle of that order, but then have some protection. Maybe mm-hmm. a Rosarina hits third or maybe he hits fifth. 
fifth. We'll okay. see. Uh, but just having that power bat, a veteran bat there. And, you know, he led the Twins, did did Nelson Cruz in home runs and RBI. So, yeah, the Twins throwing in the towel for this season and a huge get right now in a, in a division right there in the American League East that is a total point cost at this point. Yeah, so you just mentioned to Tampa Bay, we know they're a very analytical team. Uh, does this imply, because they're bolstering their lineup, that they, they're looking more for uh, offense as opposed to bolstering the defense in terms of pitching rotation, the glass now situation, uh, you know, Snell, they lose him, but yet they probably feel pretty good about their prospects. I'm assuming that certainly the bullpen as well, but adding more offensive firepower, uh, I think is, is Tampa Bay telling us this is the way to go in the second half of the season. I think just giving them that stability with a consistency, and let's just call it at the four hole, if that's where he's going to sit in the cleanup spot is Nelson Cruz and stabilize that lineup. And yeah, anytime you have that bat, not only beforehand, but afterwards too, he's somebody that, that is going to really give for, for the opposing pitchers. Mm-hmm. You get Nelson Cruz in the middle of that order with the other power bats that they have there. And we know it's feast or famine for the, the Rays who lead Major League Baseball in strikeouts. There's no shame there they they don't care it's all about the three-run home run you get a piece like Nelson Cruz in that lineup and thinking about the rest of the pitching within the American League East as far as the starters are concerned I mean is there anybody that scares you out there with whether the Yankees the Yankees another implosion last night out of their bullpen hmm. uh, as far as the starters go it's Garrett Cole and a cast of characters from there Toronto is really struggling with their starting rotation and then Boston I think we're going to continue to start to see some regression from their starters unless Chris Sale can actually come in once he gets healthy maybe next month and give them a shot in the arm. Uh, it's a wide open race when it comes to the arms race in the yeah. League East. All right, let's get to the National Football League because uh, players are showing up for training camp. Uh, Saints receiver Michael Thomas expected to miss the start of the season uh, after ankle surgery in June, James. You got a new quarterback out there with the Saints and now their star receiver uh, looking to miss the start of the season as well. Not only with Thomas gone out, we know Breeze has moved on. Mm-hmm. So quarterback position, how is that going to play out with Peyton going with Winston? Is he going to get the bulk of the snaps and throwing the football? Rich Hill, we know we're going to – or Taysom Hill, we know we're going to see Taysom Hill coming in as well. Now you don't have Thomas out there. You also don't have Emmanuel Sanders that was there last year. Got a lot of targets. Jared Cook is gone from the tight end <laughs> position too. At least they get a good offensive line because right, right now it's, it's Kamara and a bunch of – I mean – you look at the the remainder of receivers, really, they're very green. It's mm-hmm. very green from experience. Offensively, man, talk about regression. We figured there was going to be regression coming out of there, and Breeze was definitely not the, the Drew Breeze of years past. We saw that last year uh, throughout the season, especially in the playoffs. But, man, offensively now, this is going to have to be a, a team that is going to have to redesign itself and its identity up front. Good offensive line for sure. Kamara, now what does that mean for Alvin Kamara? I mean, these teams are going to be able to come up and stack. You don't have the threat to stretch the field or, or stretch, the, stretch the field deep, stretch the field wide. Uh, tough sledding right now for Alvin Kamara, too, as far as the running back is concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Their win total is looking at nine. So my experience as a player, James, uh, it's hard to replace a legendary quarterback. Hall of Famer, franchise quarterback. Your experience is better. I mean, do you look for those situations? Again, the win total for the Saints are n- is nine. Um, it's been hard to replace Elway, hard to replace Aikman, hard to replace Steve Young before. And I mean, it's just these legendary quarterbacks like Drew Brees. Uh, it's going to take some time, I think, for the Saints to find that next great quarterback. 
they got to find find their great quarterback. Also, find what is their offensive identity going to be now. It's completely different than what it was before. We know with Breeze, they could stretch the field, all these variety of formations. He could make the calls at the line of scrimmage. That veteran presence, understanding what he's seeing from a defensive perspective, and and being able to make his right checks and make the right reads. Now you're starting all over, and and yeah, I think from an identity standpoint, this is where Pritch for me. You talked about it as a better and mm-hmm. as a bit better in particular for the NFL. For the first month of the season, I typically am either staying away or I'm going against teams that had either transition at the coaching staff and or transition with number of uh, with maybe it's at the quarterback like we're talking about here for right. sure. Now you've got injuries to the, uh, a whole new set of uh, wide receivers that we're going to see for the New Orleans Saints and what is their identity going to be? That remains in question. I mean, it's going to have to be a more fit. They got a good offensive line like we talked about and going to definitely have to feature Alvin Kamara and lean on Kamara's skill set at not only running the ball, but catching the ball to the backfield, but teams are going to know that too. So those are the kind of things that it's going to take a while, like you said, for this te- for, for the Saints in particular to have to adjust and re- recreate and and really refresh and make mm-hmm. a new identity offensively. And until they figure those things out, that's usually when there's the opportunity to start firing against them until they get it di- until they get it dialed in. Yeah, maybe an opportunity to look for some other surprise teams within that division too, uh, depending on what happens after training camp and preseason. Uh, two AFC North quarterbacks are feeling confident. James Linus uh, going into camp. Baker Mayfield, we know he's confident, and now Big Ben Roethlisberger putting high expectations on their teams heading into 2021. How about this, James? So would you rather have, or rather back, I guess, from a betting standpoint, Baker Mayfield or Big Ben Roethlisberger? But we're, I think we're betting, we're we're backing the team. So it's not just the the individual player, unless we're looking to get into their player props and mm-hmm. whether it's the the passing yardage. The, yeah, we the got passing yards totals here. Yep. So I so I think from that perspective here, I already liked Cleveland and where they sat. And I think for Baker Mayfield, you talked about him feeling confident. He should feel confident. That team has an identity. Number one, they've got a terrific offensive line. I think it's the best run-blocking offensive line in the league. And that has changed the identity. We saw the identity completely change. All that dysfunction behind the Cleveland Browns from the from a couple years ago. And now Baker Mayfield being the beat, being in this in this system now where it's not all on, all on his shoulders. He's not sitting back in the shotgun having to throw the ball 40, 40 to 50 times per game, and it's all on you, young fellow, to have to go win football games for us. Right now, it's make the right plays. You don't have to win the football games for us. We've got plenty of other players around you, namely starting at the offensive line for the Cleveland Browns, and the, the power football that we're going to see as far as the Browns running attack really going to open up the, the passing game for Baker Mayfield, make things so much easier for him to read. He's He's got a strong arm. We know that and has some targets and we'll see how OBJ comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I'm looking at it, one side or the other, uh, yeah, I like the situation that Baker Mayfield is in much better than the situation that Ben Roethlisberger is in. Talk about his offensive line. It's the complete opposite of what the Cleveland Browns <laughs> have, Bridge. This is a brand new offensive line, very green, very young offensive line, and a lot of experience, a lot of veteran leadership gone from that Pittsburgh offensive line. So Big Ben, yeah, yeah, he's coming in shape. I don't know where that's where's that been the last few years. Decides to come in shape now. Maybe he's inspired by what he's seen from Tom Brady in mm-hmm. his 40s, being able to get himself right and, and look tremendous out there. But yeah, if you're pick, if you're asking me which one do I like better right now, as far as the current situation right. offensively, 
Mayfield versus Roethlisberger, it's no comparison. Give me Baker Mayfield's spot. Yeah, I mentioned Baker. He's going to be confident anyway. I mean, that's that's who Baker is as a person, highly confident in his abilities. You're going to get Odell Beckham Jr. back as well. Yes, you're going to be more confident uh, with your abilities in a contract situation too. Now, Big Ben, he says this, James, my arm feels really Really good. So two reallys right there from Big Ben in terms of his health and his arms. So looking at his passing yards total, again, 3,900 and a half. Uh, I'm taking a second look at Big Ben. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think early on people were kind of writing the Pittsburgh Steelers off uh, and Big Ben as he took that salary reduction. Uh, but I think he's rejuvenated, at least mentally anyway. I think for me, Pritch, the the what really talks is scoreboard. He can say all these things. He's really, really confident, and he <laughs> really feels really, really good. <laughs> well, I really, really don't care. I need to see you really, really do it on the field before I start to fire money on it. And scoreboard talks for me, Pritch, as far as a better is concerned. Mm-hmm. And I can't get past what we saw last year, not only with Big Ben, and we know he had that elbow surgery a year removed from that, but also he's a year older now. His team's definitely regressed. <laughs> when it comes to the to, to the offensive side of the football up front. Identity was completely different last year, and they had to restructure the offense. They got off to a great start for sure. A lot of that was really predicated on the defense, but the offensively, we saw them scale things back, and because he didn't have the ability to, to verti- the, the vertical passing game just wasn't there for, for Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and there, there was no sense of a running game. It was all short passes to kind of mask the fact that they couldn't run the football, and I don't think how, I don't see how that changes we think about the offensive line and for me whether it's uh, looking for for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the full, full season and or just matching up game to game I mean the offensive line is where I always start offensive line versus defensive line and I take it from there I start up front and I move backwards as far as identifying matchups for game for for any particular any particular game and mm-hmm. I think for the Steelers long term I just can't get past the fact that this offensive line it's going to take time I don't think three three pre season games and some OTAs are going to get it fixed. They have to see it out there on the field. And then in the division that they're going to play, this is not aside from the Bengals that, you know, there's a few rivalries. There's not a lot of rivalries left in the NFL. There's and most of them exist in the AFC North. So not only that, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to contend with teams that like to get after it and get after them. I just think it's going to take, if they do gel, it's going to take some time, and that is a big if. So for me, I still, just because of what Big Ben says, has no, it doesn't have any impact on how I think the Steelers are going to perform this year. they got to show me on the field first before I start to back them. I hear you, because they really, really fell off last year at the back end of the season. I mean, yep. Juju's back. Uh, James Washington as a receiver is promising, uh, and then you add uh, Najee Harris as a young player too, but the problems uh, still exist with the offensive line, like you mentioned. The most important part being uh, stout uh, in the trenches on both sides of the ball really uh, you look at the uh, defense for Pittsburgh too overcoming injuries is a priority as well it is, especially at the linebacker position. We'll mm-hmm. see when Bush can come back, and we know Bud, Bud Dupree is gone. He's in Tennessee. I'm not sure when he'll actually see the field either. You're talking about surgeries, major surgeries during the season last year. Up front, love what the Steelers have on their defensive line up front. You think about to it and, and Hayward. I mean, just just complete beast in the interior. So the defense, that's got to be the identity of this team again. Defensively, especially up front, being able to stop the run, put 
consistent pressure on the quarterback, which they will be able to do. You got Watt coming off that edge. Love the defensive side, at least on the front seven, per se. Uh, it's going to keep them competitive. It'll keep the Pittsburgh Steelers in plenty of games, and they're going to need it because I think just offensively, it's going to take the Steelers. I don't know if the Steelers find their identity this mm. season. I think it's going to take it's going to take time, and it may take them a full 17 games. They may have to look ahead to, to, to building off of what they did in 2021, more so to build off of, roll that into 2022 because I just can't see that happening in 2021 for this Pittsburgh Steeler offense. Yeah, tough division, too. I mean, it's a contract extension for Lamar Jackson. You're talking about, what, 35-40 million right there. Certainly, Baker wants to do that as well, but high expectations for those two franchises. I think uh, the Steelers might be questioning themselves, but just taking a, the microscope out in terms of looking a little deeper or, or try to find out some other angles there for the Steelers. James, uh, coming up on the program, we're going to get to the AFC South rushing totals. Derrick Henry uh, is the featured back in that division. We'll go over that coming up next. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, it's really good. Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. 
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Football season is right around the corner, so it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app, stop by any MGM casino on the strip, have that state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today. So, James, AFC South rushing totals. Derek Henry, uh, rushing yards 15, 25 and a half. Rushing touchdowns 13 and a half right there. Uh, for a featured back. I think he's a featured back. Julio Jones should help clear out that box for uh, Derrick Henry as well this year. Not only clear out the box, think about the division he plays in. He gets to face the he gets to face Jacksonville and the Texans twice each. There's four <laughs> games right there. If you look at what he did, just think about that Texans game because they wanted to get that 2,000 yards last year in the final game. He got 250 on 34 carries. The game back in in October, he had 212 rushing yards against Houston. He also had a, a game over 200 yards against Jacksonville. You got four games against those. Make mine the over. We didn't even break this down. Forget about the rest of the schedule. You get four of those teams right there. He might get it just in those four games alone, obviously, and just Pritch. But, man, I, I guess the only thing to think about here, I mean, I'm not going to get in front of it and say he's not going to get there. The guy's durable. He's a, he, he runs like a rock and, and tremendous player. But is there going to be a change maybe in a little offensive identity now that Arthur Smith isn't there for Tennessee? That would be my only pause for concern. You talked about Jones and now even more running lanes because teams are going to have to be conscious of – uh, of the passing attack that I think we're going to see out of Tennessee, and it's a terrific offensive line as well. But uh, any pause for concern as far as Henry for you, cons- uh, just with the change over at the offensive coordinator position? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not only the change over, but the fact that he's going into year six. Typically, James, we see running backs kind of hit that wall right around year six like this. And in particular for Henry, back-to-back seasons, 303 rushing attempts two years ago. Last year, 378 rushing attempts now you got 17 games scheduled too so uh just a a word of caution there you know not only to change over from a coordinator standpoint uh but derrick henry going into year six uh and a lot of wear and tear on that body right now how about jonathan taylor 12 75 and a half Uh, that seems elevated there with the colts 12 and a half rushing touchdowns as well 
I agree. I think thinking about the and another good offensive line, we'll see when Fisher actually gets to play left tackle for the the Colts. But aside from the left tackle position, uh, it's a crowded backfield there in Indianapolis. Marlon Mack will return. He got hurt in that in Week One against Jacksonville, tore his Achilles, and gave Taylor an opportunity to to get out there. But it wasn't just Taylor that got carries last year. Now Taylor really came on in the second half of the season. I think there was issues with him early on, just not being able to not being patient enough to read blocks and I think uh, you know coached him up he learned this is not Wisconsin where you just get to road grade over everybody you are going to have to you, it's a different level when you're playing NFL run defenses and uh, but it is a crowded backfield there we saw Hines and Wilkins get involved in the running game as well for the Colts but with Mac yeah I mean not that all four guys are going to see lots of carries but there will be different designs especially for Hines coming in uh, at, as kind of a change of pace back I can't see Taylor getting there plus the fact that now you have Carson Wentz I don't mm-hmm. know is this going to just going to tell Frank Reich, hey, we actually get to uh, throw the football. It's been a few years. We, it's been a few years now, and you actually have somebody that, yeah, notwithstanding the year that Carson Wentz had last year in Philadelphia was a disaster, but being reunited with Wentz and feeling like, hey, we actually can throw the football with some consistency down the stretch because this is not uh, Rivers and other quarterbacks over the last couple of years once Andrew Luck retired. Right, and then Trevor Lawrence is on this list, uh, 325 and a half rushing yards. I mean, with a, a, a shoulder surgery, on the left shoulder, three and a half rushing touchdowns. I could see him going over that. But I don't know how much Trevor Lawrence is going to run this year for uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, I think we'll see. I mean, how many times, though, is the, is the play going to break down? He's going to mm. be forced to just make something out of nothing. Is he going to revert back to some of his things? I mean, he's a big fella. Yeah. Right? He's six foot six, and he can create, he can, he can break tackles. He also is athletic enough to make people miss. So potentially here, yeah, I think maybe that's where I look at You look at James Robinson and Travis Etienne both sitting there at 650. Mm-hmm. I would think it's going to be under for Robinson and over for Travis Etienne, if anything. You don't draft Travis Etienne in the first round to let him sit behind undrafted rookie free agent. Great story last year. Really the only bright spot for the Jaguars was James Robinson last year, but he's the, we got ATN in the first round for a reason, and it's to get out there and play. Yeah, I like his game, ATN. He reminds me of a number of backs. Uh, low center of gravity, uh, great balance to catch a ball out of the backfield. I think he can make an immediate impact there for Jacksonville. Coming up on the program, James, Mike Pirionio uh, from the Race and Sportsbook director at Mandalay Bay. We got potential forfeitures in the National Football League because of this memo. We got to get information on that. It's coming up next. The VSIN football betting guides are coming soon, and there is no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide is only 20 bucks, and discounts are available when you buy both. Now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VSIN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you as host. Uh, happy to bring on to the program right now, Mike Piranio, Racing Sportsbook Director at Mandalay Bay. Mike, how are you today? 
I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, and it's good to be on. It's great to have you, um, and thank you for your time because uh, this NFL memo is making waves everywhere, <laughs> including in, in in the wagering world, of course, the sports betting. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys have the answer to this, but how would you handle uh, forfeited games at Manly Bay? Yeah, that's it's pretty fluid right now, and you know, I, I guess it's fluid with the NFL too, and I. I'm pretty sure the players' association and and some of the players. This is this probably isn't over yet, and and uh, it, it, you're you're exactly right though. It's something that we're in process of making sure uh, we're doing the right thing, and and you know the house rules are pretty uh, they're pretty specific. We've been doing this for a while, and you know our house rules most most of them on especially the, the most concern is on the season total wins for most people. So. Uh, there are some player props out there, like total yards, yards at some states that we offer BetMGM. Uh, but it's mostly the season wins everyone's worried about, and those do say teams must play all regular season games to have action. Now, there's no definition of play, but uh, fo- former football players <laughs> like know that play means actually playing the game. So I-, I could see us, you know, we've done some things with like John Rahm in the in the golf where we went ahead and refunded or paid some stuff out. And this could be one of those cases where, you know, and, and, to, and to be honest with you, I, I don't know if you guys are hearing the same thing, but uh, I think there's probably not much chance that uh, there are forfeited games, I think, with practice squads and uh, and enough stuff like that, uh, they should be able to. I, it, this might be a lot of uh, hubbub about something that might not happen. But you know, with COVID, you can't ever say that. Mike, this is James Salinas out in Denver, Colorado, and I wanted to. I think that's the thing. We now that sports betting is legal in so many states across the country, I think you've got to you've got to know the fine print as a better. We've got to know what does if, if we're talking about a forfeit. Does that mean it's a win and it's a it's a notch in the win column for said particular team? But does that mean my ticket is valid? So I think we got to read the fine print as betters, know what we're getting into before we make these bets. But thinking about last year through the pandemic and some of the crazy scheduling changes that we saw the NFL making uh, where we had game we had games on Wednesday we had games basically every day of the week almost it seemed like last year because of scheduling changes as a better and as a sports book more so for you Mike on your end are there any lessons that you can take from take away from last year when it came to games being rescheduled if you're scheduled to play on a Sunday and all of a sudden they're going to play on a Tuesday is there anything that you can take from last year's experience and apply this year to make it known to betters as to here's how this is process potentially could work if there are games that are rescheduled as opposed to just forfeited. Yeah, it's uh, you know what it, you, and you're right about that James. There are but there you know there's no uh, football season especially the NFL there's nowhere for them to go. They to reschedule. They're and James knows or Mike knows you're not going to play two football games in 10 days. That's not going to happen. That's a disaster. And and unless you have the same bye week, uh, you know, that could happen. They do dump those byes in certain weeks more than others. But unless you have the same bye week, I don't see how you're going to reschedule these games. And uh, and it's not just football that's going to be affected. I know we're gearing up for that, but we have season win totals on NBA, and, and, and it's, it's going to be interesting. Although the NBA rules, uh, they say, must complete all – 82 scheduled games, which is a little different than completing the games, seems a little more specific. I think you're going to see, and and be honest with you, we may pull these off and 
and stop wagering on it uh, this weekend until we get a, a handle on what this is and may, maybe make our house rules and apply them more specifically just so people don't bet without knowing exactly. But looking at the rules in a general way, it says teams must play all regular season games to have action. Play to me means they're actually physically playing a game. It's not a forfeit. But that's yet to be determined. This is all very fluid. We're speaking with Mike Peranio, race and sportsbook director at the Manly Bay. Uh, so, Mike, and not only the impact of the NFL memo, um, some waves from college football, too, uh, in terms of what the conferences would do uh, in terms of an outbreak, a particular outbreak with their teams, too. Are you seeing uh, any developments there with college football? Yeah, I, not yet, okay. but uh, I think they're trying to see what the pros are doing. But, you know, this is two different things. Uh, I mean, college players are kind of getting paid now with the, the endorsement stuff, but uh, this is totally different with college football, although they probably have more ability to reschedule games than the NFL does. That's mm-hmm. one good thing for the college. But uh, And there's other g- rules that apply in here, too. That's why I think you're going to need a few days here to get it all sorted out because, like in hoops, if the game's moved – uh, there's no action if it's moved. So if it moves out of state because of a COVID outbreak or something like that, there's a lot of extra stuff that could happen that would Im- impact these bets besides what's going on right now in every- on, on everyone's mind. So thinking, Mike, about college football and season one totals in particular, with 12 games on the schedule, I've seen, at least out here in Colorado, some books that are just, it's not about the full duration of the schedule of the 12 games. It may just be conference games. So if you have eight conference games, that's what the season win totals take. How are you guys working on season win totals? Do you have any varieties when it comes to potentially a full season and or just within conference for season win totals in in college football? So here's the interesting thing about that is that since we don't have a national sports book betting right now, every state has different rules, and a lot of them are restricted by the gaming control boards in those areas, and you can see completely different rules in different states, and that's all going to have to be addressed. That's why this whole thing is going to take days, week, maybe to figure out and get everything on there. And uh, I, and I, I can't – I see probably – uh, like I said before, I think we're probably going to have to pull some of these futures and, and just so people aren't betting without knowing exactly what's going on. But, uh, or they're just going to say our house rules are su- sufficient. And, and, and all the bettors know the, the legal sports books are going to do this the right way. You've seen us already. They paid on John Rahm, uh, even though he didn't win. So we have lots of uh, opportunities to help guests and players out. Even yeah, if they don't know for sure. You said it's a fluid situation, and that is true, 100% true. Mike Peranio, uh, race and sportsbook director at Mandalay Bay. Mike, thanks again for your time. That was awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, great information right there uh, about the sports book world, sports wagering world, with all this information floating around. Dan Leach, uh, 97 to 1, uh, the ticket in Detroit's going to join the program. Uh, we got to get on this Detroit Tigers situation, James. Seven in a row for the Tigers. Uh, we get uh, Dan Leach on the program. Come up next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Everybody turn a $1 wager on the Yankees or Red Sox into 100 with BetMGM. If either team hits a home run, just use bonus code VSIN100 when you sign up with the King of Sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details and make sure to use promo code VSIN100. It's a new customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Located in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Washington, D.C., Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700. In Colorado, Nevada, Washington, D.C., and Virginia, 800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line, 800-889-9789. In Indiana, it's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show, Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today. Uh, Dan Leach is with us right now, too. 97 won the ticket in Detroit. Dan, how are you? Dan! 
fantastic. Another beautiful day here in Detroit Rock City. Yeah, let's go. Let's get get after this because uh, Detroit Tigers, I'm saying this, Detroit Tigers, the hottest team in Major League Baseball, seven games in a row. Now they're below 500, but as a better, I'm getting interested in the Detroit Tigers. Should I stay interested well, in the Detroit Tigers? It's it's crazy, and I've I've adopted the term hitch by hitch here for our, our great manager AJ Hitch. It's one it's one of these things, Prince. Where you know, did we expect the Tigers to be a contender this year? Of course not. Do we we see in, in this city that the future could be bright with the Matt Mannings and the youngsters? Obviously, Spencer Torkelson is lighting up uh, torque bombs in Double A. Yeah, the future is bright. But do I expect to see the Tigers in July become the hottest team in baseball? And yeah, they're not they're not beating the behemoths of Major League Baseball right now. But they're they're playing well. Miguel Cabrera is getting triples. I mean, guys that are coming out of the woodwork and pitching well. So it's it's something to be interested in. They got to, to see. I'm nervous about tonight. You got Peralta who's starting a spot there. Got a lot of guys that are injured. Uh, Turnbull and some others in the rotation. And the, the Royals are a small favorite. The Royals are not a good team. And obviously the Tigers coming on the seven game win streak tonight scares me. But I feel like the Tigers win the series. It's just is the trust level something where a better wants to put a lot of money on them right now? I don't think so, but they can win you money because their lines are always really juicy. They, a lot of times they're getting positive money, especially against better teams. So it's something to start looking at, but I don't know if they're going to keep this thing going. If they get to 12, 13, 14 wins in a row, I'll, I'll take my shirt off and dance in the street for you. <laughs> Well, Dan, this is James Salinas out here in Denver. I'll take you up on that. I'm looking forward to seeing that because if you look at the Tigers' schedule right now, you think about the teams that they are able to beat up on Texas, and everybody's going to beat up on Texas for the second half of the season. Right. Minnesota's obviously thrown in the towel, the trading off Nelson Cruz. They got swept over there over the weekend. But their next 10 games, all against teams under 500, they're going to be a fire sale. They get to play the Twins again, three games against Kansas City, four games against Baltimore. Where do you think they might stand? Because I think we'll see you. We're talking about some of the young talent. Talk about some of the young talent, especially on the, the arms for the Tigers that are not only on that roster now, but that we might see when we start to get closer to, you know, the, the dog days of August and September when we start seeing September call-ups. Yeah, and listen, you know, you, you have, I mentioned a guy like Matt Manning, and, and we know what Casey Myers can do. Obviously, he's been in the, the main rotation for a while now. But it's one of these things, you mentioned the Twins. The, the Tigers have owned the Twins. They had a huge, uh, you know, series sweep uh, a couple weeks ago. They really they really had played good against bad teams, and they're not terrible against good teams, but they, uh, you mentioned, obviously, with the Royals coming up in this series and the Rangers as well. It's it's one of these things where the Tigers are good enough right now, even with kind of uh, this rebuilding in the process under Al Avila and the new manager, A.J. Hinch, where you've got some of these youngsters, and you've got the Tarek Skubles, who's one of those guys, and you've got you know guys that are getting spot starts coming up from AA and AAA, and, and that goes along with, you know, I mentioned, you know, coming up the pipe, when you look at what they have with guys like Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson, uh, I don't think we're going to see, uh, you know, Torque this year. He's a double A right now in Erie, but I think he just hit his 14th home run. Uh, we call him Torque Bombs here in Detroit. So there, there is this just great feeling of, you know, the future rebuilds are tough. I mean, the Cubs had to do it. The Royals did it. They won a World Series. We know what the Astros did before the cheating and the trash cans. And, and we feel pretty good about some of these young kids and the guys that are up there. And, you know, look at a guy like Robbie Grossman, uh, who's, who's had some huge hits for the Tigers this year. And, and guys like, uh, you know, Isaac Paredes and Akil, he's a bad new man. Uh, a lot of just really good feel uh, for guys, whether it's pitchers or, or hitters, that can, you know, complement this team and, and give them a good chance to do something good.
Uh, Detroit, a dollar two, uh, plus a dollar two in their game against Kansas City, ten and a half that total uh, on the schedule in Major League Baseball. Let's get to uh, the National Football League, Dan, uh, because. I think the NFC North could be a mess. I mean, the Green Bay Packers, who knows what's going to happen up there, right? Uh, Minnesota, the Vikings, I guess they could be improved. But then you got the Lions with the new quarterback. Uh, their win total is sitting at five. Uh, what's going to happen oh, with the Lions this year, in your opinion, Dan? Oh, five might be, it might be generous. Listen, I love my buddy kneecaps. I love Dan Campbell. I love the new general manager, Brad Sherlock Holmes. He's done incredible things. And he, I was a big Matthew Stafford guy, but you had to move on from him. And, and you bring in Jared Goff, who went to a Super Bowl a few years ago. He's 26 years old. You're, you're right, though. The, the NFC North is a mess. I think Aaron Rodgers ultimately will play in Green Bay. But Chicago, uh, yeah, they got Justin Fields. They've got, you know, the potential to maybe open up their offense. But I, I don't really trust that team right now. Minnesota seems like they're on the downslope uh, with what they've been doing the last couple of years, and they're supposed to be obviously really solid defensively, but have had holes. And, and, and the Lions, though, even though there's you know players like DeAndre Swift, and you, you draft Penny Sewell, who's going to be a future guy, and Levi, uh, the DT that was a second uh, you know, round pick for the Lions, there's guys that are going to plug and play that are rookies, but it could be a total mess. Dan Campbell's never coached before. You know, There's no Matthew Stafford, that reliable quarterback for years. So I think five could be generous. This is the thing. With 17 games, the Lions could win seven or eight. It's possible. But the thing could be a total mess. You could see them in a lot of games late and then lose a bunch and, and win three or four games the whole season. But I think it's a division mess, so it gives the Lions a chance to maybe win a game or two against a, a Green Bay or a Minnesota or Chicago that maybe if it wasn't in that situation, they would have. Uh, so, I mean, five is kind of where it should be, but I'm very, I'm normally like too high on the line. This year, I think I might take the under. <laughs> And, Mike, you look at their schedule. I don't think the schedule makers did the Lions any favors. They're going to get, well, maybe they, if you look at it from this perspective, they're going to get all their division road games out of the way in the first six weeks, first five weeks. But they're going to yeah. open up with San Francisco. You're going to have Baltimore at home. Then you're having road games against the Rams, the Steelers, the the, the Broncos, the, the Browns. That's a brutal schedule. I can't find five wins on there, unfortunately, for your Detroit Lions. But talk to me about the coaching staff. You talked about no more Matthew Stafford. That's been the identity of the offense there in Detroit for such a long time. Now Goff coming over. I like the offensive line unit for the Lions, but I'm struggling to find other places on that team as far as the roster is concerned that, that give me some optimism, at least from a change on the for the players. But what about the coaching staff coming in now? You talked about Campbell not having the experience as far as the head coach, but you do have veteran coaches coming over with him at, the, at least on the coordinator positions. I'm wondering what do you in particular see, especially on the offense there with Anthony Lynn running the show now for the Lions? What do you think the identity is going to be for this Detroit offense? Listen, you hit the nail on the head. And listen, I, I, I wanted to believe in Matt Patricia. That could not have gone any worse. So the, one of the best things is, is Matt Patricia is no longer in Detroit. And that, with all due respect, I mean, we know NFL coaching is a tough thing, but things could not have gone worse with Matt Patricia here in Detroit. But you look at Dan Campbell. I know he's a first-time coach. But you mentioned uh, the key right there, Anthony Lynn. And, and when you look at what the lines have, and obviously no more Matt Stafford, but a lot of good young talent. I love the, the upside of DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Swift, the running back, and, and Cephas, the wide receiver. I mean, there's pieces that, you know, down 
down the road could be a lot better by because they're under a guy like Anthony Lynn. Look who he brings in as a quarterback's coach. Mark Brunel played in the league forever. Offensive line coach, former longtime player all pro, Hank Braley. I mean, you got Deuce Staley, the assistant head coach, and the running backs coach. So I think the offensive side of the ball were the lines, even with Stafford, he would give them a chance, but they always would fail. Bad third down percentages, lots of turnovers in key situations and interceptions. You're bringing in guys, uh, and I forgot to even mention Antoine Randall, the, the longtime wide receiver, uh, who's the wide receivers coach. So you're bringing in guys with a ton of you know, career experience, maybe not as, as much aside from Anthony Lynn, uh, NFL coaching experience. And Anthony Lynn was a, a head, head coach and uh, you know, probably should have gone to the playoffs a couple years ago uh, if their kicker didn't miss the first two uh, weeks in the field goals. So you look at that, and then on the defensive side, you got Aaron Glenn, who I think has been a long time coming. Uh, eventually will be a, a, an NFL head coach. Dom Capers is coming back to be your – I know he's a, a lot older, but he's still very talented. So you've got such great minds. It's kind of like what Jawan Howard, if you, to, you could give another Detroit example. Jawan Howard, the Michigan coach, did by bringing in Phil Martelli, knowing that he was a first-time head coach, but bringing in guys that give you the experience that can help lift you up and be that kind of you know conglomerate together and give you the best chance. So I think the coaching staff is going to really turn out a lot of these younger players and some of these draft picks and, and guys the Lions will sign in the next couple of years and give them a real chance to go from you know a, a team that's not very good to starting to gain momentum over the next couple of years. That's what I'm re- we're really excited about here in Detroit. I was speaking with Dan Leach, 97-1, the ticket in Detroit. i got to ask you, Dan, the Pistons with the number one overall pick, uh, is there any way they do not select Cade Cunningham? Well, Kate Cunningham just came to a Tigers game, and they were chanting him his name for like two hours. And listen, I know there's the rumor about the Houston Eric Gordon, you know, the two first round pick deal, which is possible. It, listen, it's not Kate Cunningham isn't LeBron James, but Kate Cunningham is ridiculous, and I think there's really no chance unless you get some absurd, beyond absurd offer that under what, you know, Troy, I call him Troy Dreamweaver, the new GM, has done and what Dwayne Casey can do as a coach, that you don't select Cade Cunningham to go along with guys like Isaiah Stewart and Setting Bay and some of the great draft picks the, the Pistons have made uh, over the last couple of years with the new regime here. So I, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't take Cade Cunningham. I listen, Jalen Green is a great player. Evan Mobley from USC, we saw what he did in the tournament. Great player. And same with Suggs from Gonzaga. But I, I just would be stunned. We all would be stunned if they don't take Cade Cunningham. CC to Detroit. <laughs> I tell you what, we're fired about the uh, Detroit sports, uh, Dan. Fired up about you being on the show as well. Follow him on Twitter at DanLeach971. Dan, have a great weekend. You as well. My pleasure, guys. Absolutely. Uh, That was incredible. Great job right there, Dan Leach. Uh, When we continue to program hour number two, uh, we're going to get into the National Football League with Pro Football Focus. Steve Palazzo uh, will join the program uh, coming up in hour number two.
heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.